It's good to be back in Sheridan. I was, uh, for a long time, uh, back when many of you uh, didn't have to dye your hair, it was actually a color. And uh, I was camp director at uh, Camp Bethel uh, a long time, and uh, that's how I came, became familiar with this church. And uh, I, I won't recognize you, some of you as campers, because now you have kids that are camper age. That's just bizarre to me. I was a pastor over in Basin, Wyoming for about 18 years after I left Camp Bethel. I recently uh, stepped aside uh, to take care of my parents, and uh, we uh, got a young man in to uh, be our lead pastor, so uh, I'm helping him, and it's been quite a journey. That doesn't get it to happen that way often. You don't usually stay while the other guy gets trained and learn. It's been quite a challenge uh, for both of us, but it's been good. It's good to watch that passing of the mantle for one to take over and me to call him my pastor and work with him there. So that's kind of where I've been lately in that journey. And uh, so it gives me freedom to go to some places and speak, and I'm grateful to be here again. And I'm grateful Tom will be with you guys. Uh, uh, pastor Tom's a good man. And he'll lead and uh, has some great things to offer you guys. So I'm excited about that. My uh, first sermon uh, was uh, on John 3.16. My second one was on Jonah. And uh, I uh, spoke on Jonah. I used the illustration of the worm. Do you remember the worm that chewed up the tree that Jonah was under? And uh, God used that worm to kind of get Jonah's attention. Uh, it was my worm sermon, really theologically deep and hard to understand, and so we won't go there this morning, but uh, that was one of my first. And so I want to look at Jonah today as uh, we share this time together and, and look at some things that I pray that God will use in my life and your life also. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1, or two, 1 and 2 is where we'll start. And this is very familiar, so don't just blow this off. Give me a little time. This verse is going to take me a little time to develop some things, so stay with me on this. Uh, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. And so we know that, we read that, we get on, and mainly when we look at Jonah, we want to go to where he's swallowed up by a great fish. And we all get that, and that kind of gets the gist of our story. But I wanted to take a few minutes right here to point out some things from Jonah that go on my, in my life and in your life, and we'll see where we can go with that together. Jonah was a great prophet. Uh, I used uh, 2 Kings this, uh, this morning to reference it, but then I noticed that half the words in that I couldn't read anymore. And so I'm not even going there because it's too embarrassing. It's too, it's hard. I just can't do it, okay? So you can go there if you want to. But in 2 Kings chapter 14, it has some of the truth of Jonah. Jonah's ministry revolved around gathering the people around him and saying, let's go. The Lord has told me it's time to go out and to destroy this other city. And so he had a really successful ministry. Every time Jonah gathered people together and they went out, the Lord took over that town, took over that area, and those people were wiped out, and God got the glory for that. 
So it's real easy to do that. So when everybody comes back, there's a parade, and Jonah's going, yay, we did it. And so that's kind of been his ministry. And so every time God has asked Jonah to do something, it's been successful, and it's been enjoyable in the sense of victory. If you've ever been on that end, anybody likes to win. I, I have been on teams that win, and that's really easy. I've been on teams that lost, that's no fun. And uh, so Jonah's getting this word from the Lord to go to Nineveh. And his response is, I don't really want to do that. Well, I was talking with the guy that's uh, just, his name, he just, the elder. Kevin, Kevin, that's what I thought. Kevin, I was, so I used the illustration with Kevin today. It'd be like me asking Kevin, now, this season, when you guys go to play Neutrona, I want you to just embrace those guys and love all of those Neutrona players. Well, it probably won't happen, right? And so uh, that's kind of how this is. God's saying, I need you, Jonah, to go to Nineveh and, and rescue them. And that's the enemy territory. And Jonah's response is, no, I don't want to do that. That's really not a good plan not what my ministry's built around, not what I like. You and I are no different than that. Has, has God asked you to do some things that just weren't comfortable? I'm sure he has if you've been listening at all. Maybe uh, it wouldn't be a popular thing to do to make a stand for God. Maybe it's easier when guys at work have their phone out and showing things. Maybe it's easier to just laugh and look at it rather than turn away. See, God's always pursuing us, always giving us opportunities to make stands for him. Sometimes we're like Jonah and go, man, that's just not going to work for me. I don't like that at all. God does that. Now, sometimes he asks us to love. That's, that's not lovable. Forgiveness. Boy, there's a fun sermon. Forgive someone. Not because they've earned it, not because they turned their life around, but because that's what God asked you to do. Those are tough things. So before you just look at Jonah and go, man, what a loser, go talk to them. They're all going to get saved. It's going to be great. It's, it's not an easy thing. And things that God asks us to do sometimes aren't easy. Hey, Nineveh was a tough place. Nineveh was wicked. Uh, in fact, they worshiped the god Asher, who was just a cruel god. In their area, one of the, some of the things that they would do for entertainment, uh, their lawn decorations. How many of you got antlers in your lawn? You know, your husband puts a set of antlers. Yes, a set of dead antlers out there, and you, the wife's like, that's beautiful, hon. That's great. Look at those. Maybe you can get some more of those. Well, for their lawn decorations, it was skulls. All the skulls of your enemy we'd pile up in a big pile. They would take uh, their enemy and put a stake in the yard and use them for lamps. They would light them up, and that would keep the place lit at night by the bodies of their enemies. I mean, these are cruel people. They, their mural, instead of having beautiful pictures of the mountains on the wall, they, they would have the skins of their enemies. So when God is asking them to go to Nineveh, these are people that they detested. They detested everything about them. And the least thing he wanted to do was to go tell them about God. He needed to go send the armies to, to destroy them. And so this is a real struggle for him. 
And it's something that's not easy. So he decides to run. I get that. I mean, God sometimes has things for you and I to do, and I just want to run. I just want to hide from that. And this is where we find him next in chapter 3. I mean, in verse 3 of Jonah. But Jonah ran, ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying a fare, he went aboard, abroad, aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. That's a good strategy. That's what I'd like to do. Tarshish is over in Spain, best we can tell. They had not got the exact location, but it's over here. And where he's supposed to go, Nineveh over here, two great trade areas. At that time, it's kind of the known world. So Jonah's actually going as far away as he possibly can to get away from God's call. And he's going to run and flee from God just as, as far as he can go. I can get that. Leave me alone, God. I don't want to be bothered. I'm out of here. And there is relief in running. There is a little re relief in escaping what God wants you to do. Uh, you may have experienced that. Sometimes God calls us to do some things. In the pastor world, I, I see it a lot and I've experienced a lot. Uh, that relief of, well, I'm so exhausted. Here, here's our thing as pastors. Sometimes we feel a call somewhere else. That means I'm just tired. I've got to run sometimes. Not always, but I've seen that many times in my 40 years of ministry. And so that's how he feels. Here's the problem when I get away from things and I f flee from the Lord and there's some momentary relief. That's enemy territory. Sometimes my relief comes in the form of things that aren't what God wants, just like Jonah was, and I get myself in real trouble. My relief comes in, and I could sit here and spend my whole time naming ways that we kind of just soothe ourselves and make ourselves happy and feel good so we ignore what God's doing in our life. Every one of us have those. And it feels good for a while. But believer, child of the king, representative of God, it's not where he wants you to be. It's not where real life is. The enemy will deceive us into thinking we're getting something, thinking we feel better, and the whole time he's bringing us down into the depths. And Jonah's experiencing that. He's at Joppa, which is a beautiful port city. The water there is wonderful. And so he's thinking, man, I'm getting away. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever thought, I'm just going to hide from God? Now, that's a great strategy, isn't it? I'm hiding from God. Boy, that take, you, we, you've got him fooled now. I mean, you close that closet door, he can't find you. You hide, he can't. Boy, you've got him. Remember, one, one of the things I love to do, I use the Psalms to worship sometime to kind of keep my mind focused. There are times when I'm praying where I'm just zinging off the wall, in, off the wall can't keep a thought. Anybody else like that? You know, you're trying to pray. Lord, you're praying, you're praying, and then you're tilling the garden, and you're doing this chore, and you're remembering this thing you got to do, and then you go back to praying a while. 
Okay, that's just me. Shoot. <laughs> and so, I love to use the psalm just to concentrate on the Lord. But listen, remember this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? This is what he's trying to do. He's thinking that if I get in a boat, get far away across the Mediterranean Sea, then God won't bother me. He won't see me. If I think that if I just hide enough, or if I keep a low profile, God will forget some of the things he's asked me to do. He doesn't forget. He knows you. He's involved in your life. You can't hide. You can't get away. Now I get it that that's tough. I mean, God's sending him to a bad place to work with bad people. And you know what? Uh, Jonah could end up someone's wall painting, right? I mean, I, I understand that. But here's the kicker to me. And I get sometimes when making a stand at school or in your life is difficult. I, I, I get that. But see, Jonah's issue was he was fearful to go there and tell him about the gospel of Christ for one reason. What was that that he says? Remember what Jonah said? What did what Jonah say to God? What was his fear? If he goes to Nineveh and preaches, what will happen? They'll get saved. They'll, they'll hear the message. And the last thing Jonah wanted to do was parade Nineveh people into his church. Because you bring Nineveh people in, and they're not going to quite know how to act like the rest of us good church people. They're not going to know to put underarm stuff under your pits before you come so you don't smell. They're just going to come stinky. That, apparently y'all didn't like that illustration. Maybe I should have thought of something. It's not always pretty. And discipleship is not easy. We don't mind bringing someone in that's already got a church background so we don't have to do a lot of work and we can just plug them in right away. But when God wants us to reach out to people like Ninevites and bring them in and nurture them in the Lord, some of my favorite things that I've ever experienced and seen is guys that have come in and they accept the Lord and they're from a, a colorful background, colorful language, you know, and so they go to pray and they're cursing during their prayer. I'll, I'll use a different word, but the, dang, it's just good to be here with you, Lord. They'll use the other word. I'm trying not to get myself too much trouble. And you're going, oh, well, that's offensive to me. Well, give them time. They'll know how to sit in a pew and be quiet and sit there and not move eventually. <laughs> They'll get that. They'll learn. They'll learn. That'll take time. They may be a little excited at first. And you Just kidding around. Listen, it is difficult. And so... God calls us to do some things that are difficult to do. How do you run? Most of us don't get on a boat and go to another land, but we start seeing it in our prayer life. We start seeing it in the amount of time we're spending in Scripture. It's really no fun to pray to God when you're trying to ignore what He's doing, right? It's a good indicator for you. If you're a prayer and you're running from God, you probably will stop. You'll stop looking at His Word. You'll not engage in the kingdom of God. Listen, 
There's a lot of people here today. Are you engaged in what God has to do? Or do you leave today and you walk out the door and you don't think about this congregation or anything you have to do for the Lord till next week? That's just running and hiding. God didn't create you just to sit around. We, we sang about that today. God didn't just make you his child and then it's done. There are people in this room right now that can reach some people in this community that I don't care who you get as your pastor, he'd never be able to touch them. But you'd be able to speak truth into their life. They will listen to you like they won't listen to, I don't care if you get Billy Graham's reincar reincarnated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some good preacher. Okay, let's just go. You get the point, right? You, you understand what I'm saying? And, and so uh, there's people that he'll put in your path. You'll be the Jonah to someone's, some Nineveh soul. Don't disengage. Don't run. God's got things for you to do. Well, so Jonah does this, and, and, we, and we go, let's go to four and six. The other parts of Jonah right here. So Jonah's hiding. Watch the great lover of our souls seek us out. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm across that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. Now I find this interesting that they start crying out and some way or another they know Jonah's a worshiper of God, and they start holding him accountable. That's why you want to be careful to let people know you're a Christian. You know, you don't want to get them in a bad situation and them ask you to pray for them. You don't want to make it too public so when there's a real need in their life or you've got to really make a stand that they notice, right? That's what we do sometimes. See, that's why God needs us out. Because there's times when people's ships are breaking up and they're looking for an answer. And there's no better time than those difficult times for us as believers who will stand in a storm and can walk on the water to be able to stand up and go, I have an answer. His name is Jesus Christ. And so that's going on here. But, but Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. He's just kind of numb to the things around him. And the captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. So God finds Jonah. Can we go back real quick? I want to remind you of some truths of who God is in our life. And let's go back to Psalm 139. Remember this? Again, 139 is just good meditation. For you created my inmost being. You kind of made me who I am. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Isn't that, listen, we have to understand that truth, especially in times when we think we're hiding from God's eyes. He created me. A, there's nowhere I can go, and B, he knows all about me. He made you. 
And I don't think he, he sets around during the day when creation's going on and people are being knit together in the womb and goes, let's see what I can do to this one. It's not like he's trying to make some funny things. My grandson is, is, uh, has part of his brain missing and uh, got some severe handicaps as far as how he'll be productive in the world or maybe the world views him. But I'm telling you, I've been asked many times, do you, would you like, don't you look forward to heaven when he's well? And I go, no, not really. Because I don't know that there's anything wrong with him right now. Man, he loves life. He's fun to be with. I don't, I don't know if, if the Lord were to heal him, I would miss him. He's okay. He loves. He enjoys life. The, the, there's a smile on his face that'll bring joy to your heart. God knit you together. I know there's some things when God asks you to do that may be fearful, but He knows what He created. He's not asking the impossible of you. He's asking what you can do through His power. He's trying to show you more than you've ever seen before. And I'm excited about that truth. God's not just up there trying to give Jonah something to do just to try to twist his arm or make him miserable. God knows that Jonah has yet to see the power of God. God knows that Jonah has seen some great things, but he wants to show him more. God wants to show you more. But many times when I hide and I run from that truth, I'm missing out. God created me and knows what he has for me. Do we embrace that truth? It's hard to hide from God. He's a good seeker. He's a good finder, and he loves you that much. He never tires of looking for you. He never tires of spending time with you. Since I came, I, I stay at Eric's house so I can pick on him. Do you know that he gets up in the morning with Eric and he's sitting right there? Eric's got a fine dog that's sitting there waiting for him every morning. And uh, do you know that he's got someone better than that? God's sitting there waiting for you, Eric, in the morning to go, come on, what are we doing today? I'm with you all day. I got nothing but, the, but time with you. Every one of you, that's true. Do you know that? He wants to spend time with you. That's why he dwells within you, believer. So he can be right there as you wake up so he can start your day. He's going to seek and he wants to be with you. That's why he sent Christ to die on the cross for us so that that relationship could once again connect with him. It's my prayer that you will see that and understand that. You're his ambassador. Pray that you'll trust him and the freedom and peace he wants to bring. I want to close with this. You're getting a new pastor. We sometimes use the word interim, like it's just going to be a while so it doesn't matter. No, this is God's man for now. This is who he's bringing in now. Don't wait for the next guy. This isn't just about till we get someone else. It's for now. And Pastor Tom's going to share and lead you in some things that may be like sending you to Nineveh. 
He's going to see and encourage some things that may be difficult. But embrace that truth. It's God's band for now so that you can reach this community. And I pray that you will embrace that and, and look for that. God needs you in Sheridan, Wyoming and in the surrounding areas. He needs the gospel to go out. He doesn't quit, quit and he doesn't give up on that. It's constant. Well, I want to close this way. Many times, Nineveh's tough. And Nineveh's difficult to deal with. God has a way to show and turn Nineveh around. Back in, uh, back in 06 and 07, I coached football. Uh, and I've still done it, but I mean, during that time. We severely, severely hated Bighorn High School. It was a brutal game every year. Brutal. It was bloody. Uh, it was interesting. The guy I coached with, Michael McGuire, <laughs> now is coach at Bighorn. I looked at him and I said, what are you thinking? You're going to Nineveh. <laughs> Probably leaving Nineveh, going to the promised land for him. That uh, year after we had played them, we were, I think we were the last game on their, their old uh, football field. I think they put their new one in after that. So that year, a bunch of those guys were on the Shrine Bowl and we were together. I got to f meet some nice young men. It was cool. Michael went over there. This year, I coached at another school. I had to meet Michael and Laramie and play his team again. <laughs> got whipped this time. <laughs> but through that, in fact, I will tell you, uh, that really was my last time because I got to the point Whereas I knew those men and I knew Mike, it just didn't feel the same anymore. Because uh, the love I had for Mike and some of his guys just was different for me. I'm telling you, God can take what you think is Nineveh and change your heart. God can take take some of the things you're running from that he wants you to do and you can learn to love that. I want to encourage you to do that. 66, come on up here. Here's a guy that worked me over. Mr. Mullinex. And uh, here I get to worship with this big guy today. And I, and I tell you, I'm not real pleased that he's got a little trophy and I don't. Uh, but I'm also, my wife's grateful because I, when I was at Riverside, uh, uh, the boy said, hey, if you win, you got to get a tattoo. So I got a And so my wife was like, come on, Bighorn win, because the old man doesn't need another tattoo. But see, I mean... As disappointing as that was, 
I can tell you that I'm more happy that I'm with my brother in Christ here today. That means more to me. In fact, when uh, we walked off the field, I hugged Michael, and I was as happy for him. I didn't lose. I won because I love him <laughs> and my brother. I'm, ha- I'm happy for him. See, God's looking to turn our Nineveh into people that can worship with us together. And this is a silly example. I realize that. <laughs> Unless you've been on that end of it, then you know how serious it is. Yeah, right? And so... I've asked my brother to close us in prayer today. Why? Because I love him. And I love what God can do. And let me encourage you to seek God. Don't run, because he's going to find you, right? I mean, is that the dumbest thing, like you can run from God? And see what he has for you. Because I'm telling you, he's going he's to change some lives of people. I love nothing more than coming to church on Sunday in some of these spots right here. Some of you coming in and looking and going, did you see who's over in that pew? People that you never thought would be there, God changing their lives. That's what we're about, amen? That's what we want to see. Okay, stop, Kent. I need, here. Oh, we're going to have to be close now. All we'll right, just be here. There you, <laughs> you got it. Go, brother, close us. Okay. Uh, dear God, please... Uh, Watch over us as we go out into the world and spread the word of God, even with those people we might not love all the time. But uh, go out there and spread the word with everyone. Everyone deserves to know his name and to be known. And pray for Coach Dempsey as he goes back to Grable, which might not be my favorite place, (laughs) but uh, I hope he has a great time back over there and I'll be praying for him and his team. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gordon.